Hi, crewmates. So I'm going to continue reading um, Out of My Mind. Um, I think last time <laughs> you might have heard someone in the background. I was at a friend's house. And so I'm going to continue where I left off here. Mom made sure Penny was dressed in pretty little outfits every day, even though she was just going next door to Mrs. V's house. My clothes were okay, but I was noticing that lately they were more useful than cute. Mom seemed to be choosing them by how easy they'd be to get on me. It was kind of a bummer, but I knew I was getting heavier and heavier to lift, and so changing me was harder. I probably should mention that feeding me is a real process. I can't chew very well, so I mostly get soft foods like scrambled eggs or oatmeal or applesauce. Since I can't hold a fork or spoon, I try, but I keep dropping them. Someone has to place the food into my mouth one spoonful at a time, it's slow. Spoon, slurp, swallow. Spoon, slurp, swallow. Lots of food falls on the floor. Butterscotch likes that. She's like a canine vacuum cleaner. Drinking stuff is hard for me too. I can't hold a glass and I can't sip from a straw. So somebody has to very carefully hold a cup to my lips and tip a little bit of liquid into my mouth so I can swallow. Too much and I choke and cough, and we have to start all over. It takes a long time to get a real meal in me. I hate the whole process, obviously, and some mornings were really stressful. Chuck, can you bring me Melody's pink t-shirt from the clean clothes basket? She spilled juice all over her shirt, Mom yelled up the stairs. Didn't you put a bib on her, Diane? Dad yelled back. You know she makes a mess. Why don't you wait and dress her after she eats? So you want me to feed her naked? Just bring the shirt, mom snapped. And a diaper for Penny. She's got a stinker. She's two. Isn't she old enough to be potty trained? Dad asked. Coming down the stairs with a blue shirt, I had outgrown in one hand and a diaper in the other. Right. I'll get to potty training tonight on the 25th hour of my day. Dad picked Penny up. Uh-oh, that's a bad one, he said, his nose scrunched up. Did you give her sweet potatoes again last night? I thought we stopped giving her those because they always give her the runs. Well, if you had gone to the grocery store like I asked, I could have given her something different. And that shirt is blue, not pink, and too small for Melody. Mom started out of the kitchen and up the stairs. <sighs> Sorry, girls, Dad said to us. He whistled softly while he cleaned Penny up, threatening to call the hazmat team. That was funny. Then he finished feeding me breakfast, not caring that my oatmeal was getting all over the juice-stained shirt. Why not? May as well make a real mess and make it worth all the stress, <laughs> he said with a laugh. I smiled at him and smeared oatmeal on my tray. Mom came back down with fresh makeup and a freshly painted on smile. Her hair done and with my pink shirt. She and dad hugged in the kitchen, both took a deep breath, and we actually made it out of the house on time. We had lots of days like that. All right, so now I'm on chapter 10. Penny wakes every morning asking for her doodle, a soft brown stuffed animal that might be a monkey or maybe a squirrel. It's so beat up, nobody knows for sure what it really is. She drags it everywhere. Doodle, she cries. 
If it's been caught in her blankets, doodle, she cries. If it's right next to her, of course it sounds more like doo-doo when she says it. That makes dad crack up. I smile when I hear footsteps outside my door. Big ones and little ones, my mom and Penny, and doodle, of course. Sometimes my legs and arms are stiff from being in the same position all night. Sometimes my toes tingle, my bedroom door opens, Dad never gets around to fixing that squeak. Mom traces a finger along my cheek. Maybe she's checking to see if I'm still breathing. I am. I am open. I open my eyes. I wish I could say good morning, but I just grin instead. She pulls me up and hugs me, rarely stopping to sit in the rocking chair anymore, and rushes and rushes me to the bathroom because I usually have to go really bad first thing in the morning. Penny trails behind us wearing a huge red and white hat, like the one in Cat in the Hat. The girl has a major hat obsession and always with her doodle. Butterscotch is never far from her. She lets Penny put hats on her and somehow endures Penny's hugs, which can sometimes feel more like choke, choke holds. I've gotten a few. She barks to alert mom or dad if Penny gets too close to an electric plug or the front door. Our bathroom is painted ocean blue and is large enough for Penny, Butterscotch, me, and Mom. And my chair without feeling crowded. That's a good thing because we spend lots of time in there. Penny and I make pretty big messes, but at least I don't have to wear diapers. It's bad enough that someone has to put me on the toilet, but diapers? Yuck. Even though the doctor said it would be impossible by the time I was three, Mom had me potty trained like any other kid my age. I hated sitting in dirty diapers, and she hated changing me, so I figured out a way to let her know I had to go, and she hustled me to the toilet. Mom and I can sometimes talk without words. I point to the ceiling, and she somehow just knows whether I'm talking about the ceiling fan, the moon, or the dark, dark spot where the rain, leaked through dur- the rain leaked through during the last thunderstorm. She can tell if I'm sad and can sense when I need a hug. She rubs my back and makes me relax when I'm tense and upset. She tells dirty jokes sometimes when dad isn't listening and we both crack up. One morning, as she was getting ready, as she was getting me dressed for school, I pointed to her stomach, then covered my eyes if the sight were too much to look at. It was shortly after Penny had been born and she still had a good sized baby bulge. You calling me fat? She asked. Acting in, she asked, acting insulted. I laughed a little and said, ugh, which is the closest thing I've got to a yes. Take it back, she said, tickling the bottom of my feet. Instead, I held my arms out like I was making a big circle and laughed out loud. Huge, enormous, like an elephant. I could tell she knew what I was thinking. We both rolled with laughter. And then she hugged me tight. I wish I could tell her I loved her. Mom knows when I'm hungry or thirsty and whether I need a glass of milk or just some water. She can tell if I'm really sick or simply faking it because sometimes I do pretend I do, don't feel good so just so I can stay home. She can tell what my temperature is just by feeling my forehead. She only uses a thermometer to prove she's right. I can tell stuff about what she's thinking too. By the end of the day, after she's been at the hospital all day, then fixed dinner, then bathed Penny and me and put me in bed. I can tell she's kind of reached her max. 
She breathes hard. Her forehead is sweating. I sometimes reach out and touch her hand with mine. I can feel her calm down and she'll trace her fingers along my cheek, just like she does in the morning, and give me a kiss goodnight. Every Saturday morning after I've been fed, mom reads the newspaper while she has her coffee and Penny smashes bananas on her high chair tray. Butterscotch doesn't like fruit, but she stays close by just in case somebody drops a piece of bacon. Mom's off on weekends, so she relaxes. She sometimes read articles to me or tells me about the latest hurricane or uprising or explosion in the world. More fighting in the Middle East, she says. I've seen it all on TV, bombs and tears and faces of fear. There's a new Superman movie coming out soon, she reads as she shakes the newspaper flap. Maybe we can go watch a matinee. I love superheroes. I guess Superman is my favorite because he can fly. How great would that be? Mom reads me the comic pages also. I like Garfield. Garfield is cheating on his diet again, Mom says. He ate John's lasagna and Odie's meatballs. I laugh and point at Mom's hips. You calling me fat, Miss Dee Dee? Just because I finished off your spaghetti last night? I grin. You'll be sorry when I start feeding everybody lettuce for lunch. We both laughed. Mom's not even close to being fat, but I like to tease her. For my 10th birthday, I got a whole book of Garfield cartoons. Now that's what's up. I made dad read it to me over and over. Garfield is a cat who has a lot to say, but all his words are written in little circles above his heads, above his head. He can't really talk. Of course, he's a cat. But sometimes that's how I feel. Like, wouldn't it be cool if I had somebody to write the words over my head so people would know what I'm thinking? I can live with that. Large floating bubbles above me speaking for me. Wouldn't it be cool if somebody could invent a bubble talking machine before fifth grade starts in a couple of weeks? Ha! When I try to talk, the words are exploding my brain. But all that comes out are meaningless sounds and squeaks. Penny can can say lots of words and pieces of words, but my lips won't come together to make even simple sounds like that. So much of my noses are vowels. I can say uh, ah pretty clearly. And if I concentrate sometimes, I can squeeze out a buh or a huh. That's it. My parents can usually figure out what I need just by listening to me carefully. To outsiders, I probably sound like one of those children who was raised by wolves. My communication board, even with everything Mrs. V has added to it, well, it sort of sucks. For example, one afternoon early in the summer, I had a taste for a Big Mac and a shake. Vanilla. I love fast food. Mom was at home, and getting my father to figure out what I want is sometimes a big job. I pointed to the picture of my dad, the word go, the word eat and a happy face. That's all I had to work with. I gotta give him credit. He tried. He asked me a million questions so I could point to yes or no. Are you hungry? Yes. Okay, I'll fix you some tuna salad. No, I pounded on the tray. I thought you said you were hungry. Do you want some spaghetti? No, gentler this time. So what do you want? No answer. Nothing on my board can describe it. I pointed to go again. You want me to go in the kitchen and cook you something? No, 
You want me to go to the grocery store? No. I was starting to get upset, pounding the board with my right thumb once again. I don't get it. You said you wanted me to get you something to eat. Yes. Once again, I pointed to Dad's picture. Then go. Then eat. Then happy face. I could feel one of my tornado explosions starting. I started to kick, and my arms got all tight. It was driving me crazy that I couldn't tell him about a stupid Big Mac. Calm down, sweetheart, Dad said softly. My jaws felt like steel bars. I knew I was breathing hard and my tongue wouldn't stay in my mouth. I hit my board once more, aiming at no word in particular. Arrgh! I screeched. I'm sorry, Melody, but I can't figure out what you need. I'm going to fix you some noodles and cheese. Will that be okay? I sighed. <sighs> Gave up and pointed to yes. I calmed down while he cooked. The noodles were pretty good. A couple of weeks later, my dad and I were in the car. We passed by a McDonald's. I screeched and kicked and pointed like Godzilla was coming down the street. Dan must have thought I was nuts. Finally, he said, Would you like to stop and get a Big Mac and a shake for dinner tonight as a treat? I shouted, Oh! As loud as I could and kept on kicking with absolute delight as he pulled into the drive-thru. He never did make the connection between the fast food stop and my request a couple of weeks earlier. But that's okay. Even though it took us an hour to finish, it was one of the best hamburgers I've ever had. All right. Until next time, that was chapter 10.